It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Wednesday, August 17th, 2016. We have 17 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have uh, northwest winds 10 to 15 knots gusting to 20. That's pretty much been the the typical summer forecast in terms of wind lately. And today we'll continue my chat with John Corbin, commercial fisherman, about Dungeness crabbing. But first we'll take a look at today's Columbia River ship schedule. We have five inbounders, we have six in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have six outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the Ansac Enterprise. She's arriving from China, headed for Vancouver's Anchorage. Her cargo will be soda ash when she eventually goes to the port of Portland. She'll pass Astoria around 7.30 this morning and arrive in Vancouver by about 1.30 this afternoon. The Global Hero is arriving from offshore. She's headed to the port of Astoria to load logs and will be there in early afternoon. And there's an interesting opportunity there for ship watchers if you want to watch a ship loading cargo to go out, drive out onto Pier 2. You can park your car, take a look, take some pictures. It's very interesting to see a ship doing the work that ships do um, in port where uh, that, that cargo is carefully loaded on board by human beings doing all that work. So very little is automated. They do have some cranes and assemblies that they use to get the logs on board, but a lot of that work is done by hand. Uh, Next is the Dorado Leader inbound. She's arriving from Vancouver, headed for uh, Vancouver, B.C., headed for Vancouver, Washington. She's a car carrier with brand-new Subarus on board. She'll pass Astoria around 1.30 p.m., so look for a very high-sided, big, blocky-looking vessel passing the waterfront on the waterfront. Um, She'll be headed for Vancouver and will arrive there maybe around 7.30 this evening. The African Weaver is arriving from China, headed for Vancouver. She's a bulk carrier. She's going to the Anchorage, but she'll be loading soda ash at the port of Portland soon. She'll wait in the anchorage a bit, probably until the berth opens up. She will pass Astoria around 5.30 p.m., arriving in um, the Vancouver area around 11.30 p.m. The heroic striker is arriving from South America. She's headed for Vancouver to load wheat. She will be, be passing Astoria around 1 a.m. on Thursday, and you might see her around 7 a.m. on Thursday morning, arriving at the port of Vancouver. Uh, let's see. In the in the Astoria Anchorage, all six of our vessels are awaiting orders this morning. They are the Geneva Star, the Andrea, the Coral Garnet, the Ocean Venture, the Saga Beja Flor, and the AOM Milena. They're all bulk carriers. And you can tell that they don't have cargo on board because they're all sitting very high in the water. And you see a lot of that generally dull red color is what it is, bottom paint. And when the ships come downriver loaded, they're sitting much lower in the water because they're full of cargo. In our outbounders, we have the ATB Commitment and an, art- an articulated tug and barge rig leaving Portland. Her cargo is petroleum. She'll be leaving around 4 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 10 a.m. The MG Kronos is leaving Kalama, corn, soy, or wheat on board there, departing around 11 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 4 p.m. The SSI Triumph is heading out of Longview around 1 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 4.30 p.m. The Zhao Galaxy is leaving Port Westward. Westward. Crude oil is her cargo. She's leaving around 3 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 5.30 p.m. The Andalusian Zephyr is heading out of Longview carrying logs. She'll be leaving about 3.30 p.m. and passing Astoria outbound around 7 p.m. And the Alpha Melody will be leaving Vancouver carrying wheat, leaving at about 5.30 p.m. and passing Astoria outbound around 11.30 p.m. 
Well, today we'll hear more from my interview with uh, commercial fisherman John Corbin. He's been fishing in the Pacific Northwest for 38 years, much of that for Dungeness Crab. I've been airing excerpts of my interview with him on the Ship Report and to summarize a little bit of some of what we learned yesterday um, about uh, crab pots. Um, there's generally machinery on board a crabber to um, p- help pull the pots up from the bottom because they're very heavy, especially when they're full of crab. They dump the crab into the, the hold of the ship, and then they rebate it and set it back out overboard. Um, they have to carry the pots around and stack them on deck. Um, there's a lot of physical labor involved in this work. It's very demanding. Uh, the season starts December 1st and ends August 14th, so it's a long season but it is a season that runs through the worst of the weather that we see here in the Pacific Northwest. Crabbers know from experience where to put their crab pots, and uh, they generally are seeking a softer bottom. They have uh, agreements with other users of the water in our area, such as uh, other fishermen. They try to stay out of each other's way, but also with uh, tug and ship traffic. Twice a year, the the crabbing industry folks meet with the towboat industry, which is the tugboat industry, and they uh, establish lanes in which the towboats, which are tugboats towing barges, travel, and uh, they stay in those lanes and the fishermen stay in their areas. And so it usually keeps the the crab um, gear from being fouled in propellers and just being pushed around. But weather is a big factor. When we get big storms out there, the gear can be moved. Uh, The gear is attached to, um, on the bottom, it's attached to a float on the top of the water, and all of those floats are marked individually so that uh, an individual crab boat, when they approach a float, can usually tell whether that crab pot is theirs or someone else's. Today we're going to talk more with John about crabbing. Today our topic will be more about what happens on the boat after the crab are unloaded from those pots. Where do they go and what happens on board? Here's John Corbin. After the the crab pot comes aboard and the legal males are separated, we don't keep um, males that are under six and a quarter inches long and females. Those go back in the water. The legal males are put down into the fish hold, which is flooded with water. Oh, and it's okay. recirculating. So it's basically a big aquarium. Mm. And uh, I've known um, some of the guys that have stayed out for three weeks. And the crab just swim around in their little aquarium down there. And uh, they're fine. Most of us don't. You know, you're only fishing for two, three, four, five days or a week or something at the most. But uh, then when they come in to the processing facility, they're, they're alive. And... Um, uh, Typically, they'll be sorted out by the cannery, but we have achieved a, a rather large live market over the years. And about 35% of the crab on the West Coast goes live to China. And uh, there is a live market uh, stateside as well, but uh, about 35% are chilled down. And what that does is makes them go dormant. And they're put into totes and they're stuck on airplanes and shipped alive to China where they put them into big holding tanks, warm them up, and they crawl around until uh, until they're sold in China. Oh, to individual people who cook them and yep. eat them. Wow, yeah. so there's a market there. Wow. So you mentioned, um, you know, that, say, albacore fishes far offshore. About how far offshore is the crabbing grounds then? Well, typically we go out to the continental shelf and out to about 100 fathoms or so deep which is 600 feet deep wow anywhere from right outside of the breakers on the beach out to about 
600 feet. And that varies on the coast. You get uh, out here off the Columbia River, that's about 20 miles offshore. Mm. Okay. If you're down off Coos Bay um, or some of those areas, that might be uh, five, six miles, seven miles offshore. The shelf does vary going up and down, but yeah, the, there's quite a bit of ground. So 600 feet, that's, wow, that's a lot of line. That's a lot of line. And that was commercial fisherman and Dungeness crabber John Corbin talking about the profession of uh, fishing for Dungeness crab in the Pacific Northwest. We'll hear more from him tomorrow on The Ship Report. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day. <laughs>